This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 10th of September 2019. My name's Patrick Smith. I'm starting to get my voice back, starting to get the hang- rid of the hangover. It's been an absolutely phenomenal weekend. Um, maybe not the results that we wanted, but the entertainment value was certainly there, as was the heart from the Belfast Giants. On this week's show, we're going to look back over those CHL games. We might have a bit of a chat about the SNL Giants with a few interviews from them. We'll look at the Player of the Month results. We have a chat with Shane Owen, and we'll look around the league and look ahead to this Weekend's start of the domestic season for the Belfast Giants against the Clan and against the Storm, and we'll have a few guests talking to us besides. But speaking of guests, we start off with Mr. McJimsey, who made that trip to uh, the Czech Republic last week. How was that? It was great. I had 24 hours, less than 24 hours from my left front door. I was back at it again, and I was in whatever it is, northeast Czech Republic. Beautiful city. I only got like half an hour in Prague, really, the following morning, but like I would, that's a place that I'd love to go back to. Brilliant little arena. We'll come on to the hockey, but just everything about the trip was great. And the man who called the game, uh, not not from the arena, but from uh, from Premier from Premier Sports, uh, was uh, Mr. Sammy Kitchen. How are you? I'm all right, mate. It was good. Um, again, I managed to watch. Well, I was commentating that game, but I managed to watch the game on Sunday. Um, and uh, you certainly can't lack the effort over the you know over the, the, the two games and and conditions and everything made it just it all happened wasn't ideal but we'll come back and chat about that shortly. And you're joined by a guest, a man who we always enjoy coming back onto the podcast. He's popped by to join us, Mr. Jason Taffellery. How are you? I'm good, thank you, gentlemen. A busy, a busy, busy week for you. Yeah, it's been busy, but uh, what a great experience. It's yeah, awesome. loved every minute of it. The hospitality from both teams seemed to be great as well. Yeah, um, we had a couple of issues with the Liberic when we got there, but once we got that sorted out, we were fine. But uh, take my hat off to uh, Augsburg. They were top-notch, top top-notch top notch from start to finish. Yeah, great organisation, and no doubt we'll, we'll come to that in a second. Um, two p- items before we get stuck in. First of all, uh, Mr. Regemsey, there's a donor evening. Yes, Paddy, been asked by the fabulous Laura Small to give a bit of a shout out in the coming weeks. More information will come out over the coming days and over the coming weeks, but one of the game nights very soon is going to be a night to promote organ donation, something that's very, very important. Um, Laura will come out with some brilliant statistics about just how much people need. And we're we're not just talking organ donation, actually, we're talking bone marrow, we're talking blood transfusions, we're talking anything that you can give that you don't need after you're gone and some stuff that you don't really need even when you're here. So what we want, first of all, is we want to hear from Belfast Giants fans that have ever had a transplant or an organ donation. Or are you a Belfast Giants fan that's waiting for one? We obviously know Dylan's story and, you know, we hope that sooner or later, you know, he he gets to the top of that list again. And But we want to hear from you. So And, and Laura wants to use you and your story to help promote um, so if you want to get in touch with her, Laura, at BelfastGiants.com, we'll hopefully have lots more news on our Twitter feed and wherever else we are, Facebook and all that good stuff. But get in touch. Uh, I know Simon has already let his fingers do the walk on this morning and signed up. He'll tell you a wee bit more about that. Yeah, um, we were talking to Laura this morning um, about the what Stevie's just uh, reiterated, re- reiterated, and it's very, very important. Um, I had always meant to get it done uh, with regards to signing up as a donor um, and for one reason or another I just never 
get down to getting it done. And then when I got the link through this morning from Laura, I did it straight away. It took 30 seconds. Um, that's, it's vitally important. And, um, you know, you could certainly, if, if something ever happened to me and, and my bits, certain parts of me came in handy for somebody, I have absolutely no problem. Somebody else using them. If they think it's there, that'll help them. So, um, Again, there's more information coming out shortly. Um, and uh, again, I'll say the blood transfusion side of things. Of, uh, I've gave blood regularly for the last four or five years as well. So it's um, it's one of those things where if you can just, as I say, it only takes you know 20 minutes, half an hour to give blood as well. And, and if you can help out in any way, then uh, it's, I think it's very, very worthwhile. Here, here. Harry, I'll just, I'll just come with the, the website Yep. That, that Laura has sent through to me and says that, that Simon has signed up on. It's organdonationni.info. So if you want to go along, sign up there, or you'll be getting badgered over the next couple of weeks. As, as Simon has said, if you've got some useful parts after you're you're finished with them, you know, it'd be great to think that uh, you'd be able to help someone. It's such, such an important initiative, as is, you know, as is giving blood. It's just something that's so easy to do, and so many people maybe don't realize it's that easy or don't realize, or maybe are frightened of it in some respect without really knowing the facts. It's well worth of getting involved and signing up for it, and if you ever get a chance to go and give blood as well, so important for people that, you know, that need it when they go through transfusions. It's uh, Yeah, but that's a great initiative. From, from well, I, I Laura was, and the was thinking about this. I was thinking about it this morning. I bought a pot of tea in the local coffee shop, three pound fifty, right? Mm-hmm. And I got like a wee free, say about the size of a fifty p wee bun for nothing. Well, three pound fifty. If you give blood, you get a free cup of tea and a free biscuit. Am I right, Tim? Absolutely correct. So there and you go. Shortbread. It's really nice shortbread too from the, the one up in the city hospital in Belfast. Very worthwhile. <laughs> Very worthwhile. Um. And one more thing I want to cover just before we talk about uh, Giants in the Champions Hockey League is the very sad news that came through today that the wife of the former Sheffield Steelers defenseman Mark Thomas, uh, his wife Vicky, sadly passed away last night after a short but aggressive battle with uh, with cancer. Um, we supposed to be speaking later in the show with Stephen Packer of Storm TV, but the the Thomas family intricately linked with with Manchester and, and the Manchester Storm and and the junior team there. But uh, but Davy, very sad news that came through. It's it's always sad when, especially if you want to call them peers, people around the same age as you, people we interact with in, in the hockey sort of family here and, and their loved ones are passing away. Cancer is an absolute bastard. Like it's just, I don't know anyone genuinely don't know anyone that hasn't been touched by this terrible illness. And it's, it's something that society is still trying to get on top of. We're still trying to research and find ways to, to beat this. You know, it was, as far as we knew, Vicky was doing a lot better. And unfortunately there over the last number of weeks, you know, the illness came back pretty aggressive and unfortunately there was one battle too many and, and she, she leaves behind a couple of kids and obviously Mark and, and a wider family circle who be grieving hard at this time and, you know, all we can really do is, is well, there's not very much we can do, only, you know, pass on our, our deepest sympathies, or our genuine sympathies and, you know, if there's somebody out there, it, it's as a dad, it's hard to, to see somebody leave their kids behind so it just makes you want to give them a wee extra hug tonight and you know tell somebody you love them if you get that opportunity don't uh, don't leave words unsaid Sam I can't add anything to what Davey said he's put it perfectly to be honest and thoughts go out to Mark and the, the kids and his family circle it's just a uh, it's just horrendous and and um, you know it's very very sad 
Yeah, yeah, we'll move on. Like I say, our thoughts and prayers go to the Thomas family and everybody linked with Vicky. And, and, and I know, that, like I say, we'll hear later in the show from Stephen Packer in regards to the, how it's affected the, the storm and as well, the storm guys as well, and, and, and the plans that are in place to, to tribute Vicky Thomas this weekend. Let's get stuck in it. <laughs> Seems a bit trivial, but let's get stuck into these games with regards to the Champions Hockey League. The Belfast Giants had their first road games travelling to the Czech Republic and then onwards to Germany. That first game on Thursday night against Liberec didn't work out the way the Giants wanted. The Liberec hit back after their loss at the SSE Arena and they took this victory 6-1. Goals from Zachar Jelenic, Maros, Lenk and Hudicek, who got two. And uh, Belfast Giants getting one through Ben Lake. Um, Davey, I'll start with you. You were there. Uh, a rough performance from the Giants. Yeah, let's let's not gloss over. You know, I think from the highs of the week before, our performance definitely dropped off and they were certainly more prepared you know, played us a lot more respect than, than maybe perhaps what they paid us when they came into Belfast. Um, never ideal conceding on your first shift. I think the second shift then, Matt Pellick has just taken that um, penalty that he's got a double minor for that has subsequently been upgraded to two game plus 1,200 euros. We can talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. For, for me... You know, I didn't particularly think it was a penalty at the time. Okay, I can see now in hindsight there's possibly a little rough and call there or whatever, but I still don't think double minor, definitely don't think two-game suspension. Um, so never easy going into kind of long travel, not ideal travel the day before. And not going to call them bust eggs, but we did come out slow and we got pinned back really badly for probably that first 10 minutes of the game. They have came up with the, the sort of two-goal lead we're having to kill penalties right from the get-go. We're missing Jesse Forsberg, our place straight, straight off. So we're, we're kind of short in day. We've got my pallets in the box. We're killing penalties. It's difficult. I would say maybe, I think we talked about this ourselves. I thought that second half of the first period and maybe just the first maybe five minutes second period, we actually got into the game well. We came up with a number of odd man rushes, a little bit of not quite wasteful finishing, but maybe we could have done better on the finishing or we maybe make a pass and we'll have a shot or vice versa. You know, those are the small, the really fine margins where if you get a goal, you're back in it. And unfortunately for us, we didn't get the goals and they go the other way. And for them, they get the goal. But, you know, we'll go into the second period and, and we get that goal through... Um, ben oh, it was Ben Lake, wasn't it? Ben Lake yeah. scored a lovely goal. First, first chance, obviously, first Belfast chance away goal in uh, the CHL and you think hey, there's, there's a little sniff here we, we maybe just don't deserve to be where we are but it's a one goal game and and then they really uh, there was a there was a bad giveaway I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth goal but there was one of them was a real bad giveaway just in and around their own net and, and they've scored and, and for me at that stage the game it, it felt like we were just we were seeing the rest of the game right now I think we took about five or six minor penalties in a row as well then you know you just it kind of runs into the runs in we had a bad night on the power play our special teams have been pretty pretty good in terms of our penalty kill our power play hasn't been great um certainly on the road and i think there was times you'd nearly have wanted to forfeit um power plays because we we looked really 
we look weak or weak's the wrong term, so that's that's really bad. We looked shaky enough on the power play that we were given opportunities after opportunities away. They they were getting so many more chances on the power play than we were, and eventually they came up with the breakaway. Um, he goes in one on none, you know, one obviously scores, and and that's the game. That's the game tied up with about fifteen minutes still to go. They had time just to, to put one in just right at the end of the game as well. That's, that's not really worth talking about, but you know, six one. Don't think it was a fair reflection of the game and, and that we were five goals worse than them, but it wasn't a great night at the office for us. And and they certainly, certainly upped their game from what they were in Belfast. Taff, if I can turn to you, this is the next question. You should, like I say, you were, you're obviously there also. Um, Davey didn't want to suggest bus legs, but it was a long journey to get to there. Was it a difficult journey? Did you think that had any effect on the boys? Honestly, I think it did. I think um, I think we should have gone the day before. I think we realised late late the night before when we arrived that uh, you know we should have gone the day before. Could have got a, you know could have got a good night's sleep. Could have acclimatised. Got used to the surroundings. But it was just you know we didn't get we didn't get to get to the hotel till one in the morning. Um, and then the guys are up there for breakfast, pre-game skating, then you know, the normal routines for the games, you know, so, but there's, there's no excuse for, for, um, you know, heavy legs at the start of the game, you know, we should be up for them games, but uh, I think, you know, if we're, if we're in the next or the year after, I think they, they will look about, look about going into uh, traveling the day before. Taff, so, I just want, want to come back on that. Sorry, sorry, Paddy, just want to come back on that. He's, he kind of almost answered that question. Um, Slight difference from the Continental Cup to the CHL, where we're traveling for for what games, albeit went to Czech Republic and then on the Germany, so like a double header road trip, if you like. But yeah. is that part of the learning curve also of the Champions Hockey League? If we go back into it again, or when we go back into it again, hopefully next season, that we have learned lessons on yeah. our travel. You know, we are not a liberates. We can't turn up on a charter plane three yeah. hours before face off. So you know. If it takes an extra day and it's an extra night in the hotel, you just have to eat that up because yeah, sure. if you want to be premium performance, you've got to pay the price. Well, you, you look at it. It's Car- what is it, Cardiff's second year? This year. You know, they learned by their mistakes last year. Um, they went the day before. Okay, they didn't get the result they wanted. But, um, yeah, for sure, the, the learning curves are there. We know what to do next time. Um, we had a long bus trip down to um, Augsburg after the – after the uh, Liverish game, but uh, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to learn learn by the mistakes, and hopefully in the in the future we can uh, you know work on it, you know. And and just one other thing, Taff, you know, everybody, you know, we we, we often you know sing the out for praise, and, and absolutely rightly so. But give the guys and, and girls that are listening a little insight. You're, you're saying you know the guys arrived at the hotel at one o'clock in the morning. I think he's flew in from Dublin, so. You have a bus trip to Dublin. You have a lot of gear to organise at airport, I'm yeah. sure. Then when you get to the Czech Republic, you arrive in Prague or wherever, one o'clock in the morning. Talk me through yeah. your next three or four hours because you're not heading to bed. No, no. Once once we got – because we, we practised uh, on the morning before we left, so it was just packing in the bag, so the gear was wet when we when we did arrive in Prague. So we got we dropped the guys off. The bus took us to the arena, and, and Steve uh, – See the pirate give us a give us a hand to unpack, you know. So I didn't really get to bed till probably three three thirty. So so uh, yeah, you know, we just got to 
try and get that gear dry, ready for the morning skate. You know, it's uh, something you've got to do. <laughs> That's a, when the guys head off and you're thinking, you know, after a long travel, you've still got a couple of hours to go. That's that's a that's a hell of a bit of work, mate. Um, yeah. Says you, your take on the game, you know, Davies touched on the fact that maybe defensively we weren't as strong as we could have been. Uh, Shane Owen put in a decent performance, but it was just tough on the night. I think it all comes down to Liberates. You know, I don't think we're giving them yeah. enough credit for this. Um, they're a good team. You know, we, we played very, very well the previous yeah. week good point. Uh, in Belfast, but you could see how talented they are. I mean, the, the guy who to check was wearing the top scores, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jersey, he, he played against GB um, just this past World Championships there in, in, in Slovakia. Um, you know, top, top player, very, very good player. Um, they've, I mean, they've had Ladislav Smeed, who played in the NHL 580 games. There's a funny story about that the, the week before. Um, the boys were chirping him on the bench. Actually, tough, you tell him about Smeed. Oh, every, t- every time you come to our bench, he's like, stop chirping me, guys, stop chirping me. I played in the NHL. I think that's you know, like, and, so? and uh, even Murphy just turned around to him. You really played in the NHL? Really? Really? And honest God, the look on his face was as if to say, like, guys <laughs> are all over me here. But, uh, oh, he took some chirping from the boys. But, uh, yeah, he's a uh, fair game, you know. He put himself in a situation. Stop chirping, guys. You know, I played that. Play Do we really give a shit? <laughs> no, this is going on cool FM. You're not like that anymore. I don't think the second period reminded me of a movie of Slapshot. <laughs> but the other thing about it is, Paddy, you know, you've got these guys who have played that amount of games in the NHL, they've, they've got that experience, but everybody ties their skates the same way. Absolutely. So you just get out there and get stuck into them. You're not that in the NHL Thursday anymore, game, man. Absolutely. Thursday's game against Liberates, you know, it was always going to be tough. As I say, that. I don't think the, the travel arrangements. I, I think the boys and I think the organisation are definitely going to learn from that. Um, I think it's their, their you know, if, if we manage to get to the same position again next year and play CHL again next year, um, that, that things will be will be done differently. But uh, you know, the game itself, I, I really enjoy Premier Sports. Um, you know, myself and Sheds uh, called the game, and then you know, when when we got that goal back from from Dacre, um I did try and do a subdued call. Um, didn't work, but um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, was it? No, it wasn't <laughs> but you know, when when then you get that goal, you're sitting thinking, right, that you know, let's get, you know, let's just get settled down again. And you could see the message coming out from Adam. Uh, you, we could actually see it on the um, uh, on the screen, and, and you know, the, 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 when the power breaks come on, the, it goes to uh, the coaches. You know, you can listen to the coaches because yeah. they're all both of them are mic'd up as well. And Adam's just saying, right, guys, let's just calm down here. You know, 2 0 down. It's not to get, you know, it, it's, it takes a few seconds to score a goal. Um, managed to get that goal back, and and uh, I'm sitting thinking that we're going to get stuck in here. But the two goals we gave up after that were bad, bad goals to give up. Um, I, I can't remember who it was, it was beat into the corner by um, Berner or Bernier. I think it was number 16. Uh, but the, he just had a wee look over his right shoulder, and he threw the, the backhand pass out to the guy who first one timed it. Shane Owen didn't really have a chance. Pelly was was blocking the uh, blocking his view, and he had slotted in, in on short side. So, two goals in such quick succession really did knock the wind out of us. And and I think at that stage, you know, Adam's sitting thinking, right, okay, let's we've got another period to play here. Let's get everything sorted out and and 
and uh, try, you know, try to basically just keep the score down and, and, and get stuck in again and try and get another one back. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. Um, but as I say, I, I don't think we're paying the uh, kudos to Liberates that they should have because they played really, really well last Thursday night um, in their own ring. If I, if I can comment on that, I, I agree with you, Simon. I, I maybe didn't you know, highlight enough just how, how class I thought the Liberates team were on the night. I, I, to give a little picture to people that weren't there, to, Taffel maybe back me up on this, an absolutely beautiful little bowl arena. I think it holds about 7,500, I think it was about 3,500, 4,000 there in the night. But ice hockey specific, you know, it's just built for playing hockey in. They've got a couple of ice pads for training. The, the players live in an apartment block, like right at the rink. There's a hotel by the rink that the players live on in game day. So it's like a lovely Out, setup. Outside the locker room, there was more spin bikes than there is in a David Lloyd studio. <laughs> you know, it, it's just everything those guys have is sitting for them. High salaries as well. You know, I'm not going to talk about budgets, Paddy, because I know we like to yeah. say you have your budget and you put your team out and you play your opposition. That's fine. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's a different they're at a different level they're playing the game at a different level and they've got the likes of Smeed there who I think he might have played in the NHL I'm not Did sure um, but you know over the two games he's played over an hour you know he's played one game out of two he's, he's almost always on the ice and you know they have they have big game players who turned it on and turned up on Thursday night I say I think we played a little bit below par what we can do. Didn't elevate to the same level that we had the week before, but they certainly elevated. Their coach would have been under pressure. You know, if they had started the season three and or zero and three, he'd have been under the pump. So I think they were a desperate team as well. They came out and from shift one, they were just they pinned us back so often. We you know they were getting full line changes on the ozone. I think we talked about this in the in the post match um, write up that Joel did. You know. They were getting in and getting full changes. They just penned us in, and it just took its toll on us as the game went on. You know, we didn't have those legs to come to come back into the game. So, yes, absolute agreement with what Simon's saying there. You know, credit the Liberates. You know, credit the Giants. We put in everything we could on the night. Just came up against a very, very strong. Yeah, just uh, just a quick one there about the uh, the facilities. The second, and then you know. No wonder their junior program is so good. Um, you know, the rink was nice, the dressing rooms were nice, uh, all the facilities, and even to go over to the practice rinks, they, they had an NHL pad and an Olympic size pad. And, and on the way, you go through their junior junior setup, well, like every every age group has got their own dressing room, all the coaches, everything. The, the other thing about that is that. If you look at their lineup, I I, I'm, I think that was right from this from last week. They had 13 players on their roster this year that came through the Liberates development program. Mm-hmm. That's half their team, more than half their team. Mm-hmm. They've come through. They're, 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 they were born in Liberates. They were brought up in Liberates, and they play for Liberates. It's just a culture, Simon, isn't it? It's just a it's Euro- Eastern Europe culture of... of- it's hockey is, you know, those places are a hotbed for hockey, even more than football. You know, the, 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 you've seen the, the ultras in Germany there and it's fans, you know, that come out in numbers. It's ingrained in it's their just, society. It's just ingrained in them from, from no age. There, there's that opportunity. As 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 Taff has said there, you know, they've got ice. They've got their own dressing rooms. They're on the ice probably, I don't know how many times a week, but they're certainly not having to queue up with the ice bowl at half 11 at night, you know, waiting for 
you know, you get 40 minutes of ice time and paying 15 or 20 pound a head each, you know, it's, it's, it's just there for them. And that, that has to be, you sort of, if you're getting in these competitions, you, you start trying to get your benchmark a little bit higher to get like these teams. I know we'll never touch that because in terms of finance, that is it's yeah. a big money operation. But, you know, you just have to try and make yourselves a little bit more professional every day trying to attain that status. It's funny, like, on that point, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to move it on in a second, but on that point, you've said being ingrained in, in society there, and you look at Augsburg as well, because, okay, they had the uh, that their, their, their rink, the, the arena that they have out the back, they have another rink, which is an, yeah. an outdoor rink that was obviously used. And then I went when I was went for a run on Sunday morning, I was down by the park. There's another rink down there. So there's three rinks in the one town because that's just who they are. That's the, They also have a, a Bundesliga football team there as well. But it's a, it's just ingrained in their society. It's, it's difficult. I've got a few interviews coming later from the SNL Giants and there's guys who are trying to, you know, be a part of a, a culture change, I guess, and I'm trying to develop a bit more from what we have. But when you're up against against teams like Libretsch or Augsburg or whoever for London, and you come to the Swedes, and they've 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 had it in for generation after generation after generation because they're when it comes to it, they're a cold country in winter. They're they're snow and ice. You know, it's it's what they have and what they live by. Canada, you know, it's 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 why it's like that because you can put a pair of skates on and go to the pond. And, and in the same way that uh, we pick up a football and kick it against a wall. Um, what I want to do, just moving it before I move on, is to hit this button for the first time. Docs. And Docs. Yeah, that right. <laughs> the Euro Dops, I guess. Uh, Matt Pellich was assessed a two-game uh, suspension for interference and also given a €1,200 fine. Um, Davy made mention of this earlier, says, I'm still not convinced. It's a good call. There we go. <laughs> no, if that genuinely is, you know, he gets two plus two on a call that nobody called. Yeah. Neither referee called on the night. No, that's not true. Two- What's that? That's not true. That's inaccurate. Well, I the, refer- I mean, the referee from the halfway line had his. All oh, right, okay, okay. The only, the only reason he made the call is because the bench is there. Yeah, bench. I would say you're probably right. Yeah, no, the, ref- the referee's six feet away does nothing. Nothing, no, no, and he's right beside it. Like that guy's right beside it. So you've got the trailing referee making a. Thanks for correcting me, or Dilly. No but but for me, it's 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 no it's nowhere near a two game suspension. If you look the week before, their number eighty eight. He had an intentional hit yep. on Jesse Forsberg, yep. and he gets one game. That it's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely right. crazy. That's right, called. The other thing about it is, is um, uh, Pelly got twelve hundred euro fine as well. Yep, twelve hundred euros and two games suspension. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's de- he was deemed Davy to be the third man in on a two man pursuit. Davy well, was the third man in. <laughs> no, no. no yeah, Matt Pelly was deemed to be the third I, I, man in a two man pursuit. I, I like worst, this term. Worst, worst part, worst part about the Euro Dops. Who are the Euro Dops? The same people who do our Dops. Really? Yep. Your man Lane. Yeah. Yep. They're the same ones. And Fun. I think I think Pels has had a bit of a history with playing Austria. That was a lot. Yeah. You know, so he's had history there, and they probably thought, well, let's. Yeah, you're probably 100 percent right. You know? I mean, Pels, the two years that he played in Austria. He was the highest 
penalty a minute taker for both seasons. I'll ask you this, Simon, as 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 the one who's played the game, I suppose, on the panel. I think it's, I, 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 you know what I mean, an out, out skater. Um, so, Swinney's chasing him back in there. He tries to dump a little pass out in front of the net. It doesn't come off, and the puck goes round behind the net there. You can see it. They're saying it's a two-man. I can understand what they're saying is Swinney's in a two-man battle, and Pelly kind of doesn't blindside him, but certainly stands him up. If Pelly doesn't go into there, Swinney is taken out of the play by the net, can't go across. What's Pally supposed to do? Stand out of it and go go into the corner there, win that puck, put it back in front of him. Pally's job, Pally's job is to stop forwards getting through 100%. the net. Um, I think it's a big body on a wee body. I think that, you know the size of Pally coming in, the, the collision kind of half boards him because of just of the impact. I, I said at the very start, I I can understand why a referee certainly, as Taff has said, the whole bench is probably up shouting and, and he's threw a hand up. On the on the um, sort of outcome rather than the the actual incident, but yeah, on review, on review to give that, hard to hit the glass. Yeah, but the games on review. I mean, I, I just don't see it as a suspension. I I can understand in the in the situation there that there once the referee's hands gone up, there's a penalty coming. I didn't agree with the double minor. I can see why there was a a, a, a minor penalty in it. I disagree with it to an extent but that's Pelly's job yeah. and you take that, take that out of his game and he, he's not being paid to be there anymore the way I look at it is if you watch the play again if you go back and watch the play Ordos who was the player he could hit comes round behind the net tries to make a pass out and admires the pass he puts himself in a very very vulnerable position I kind of disagree I kind of disagree to an extent with you there too Simon because he tries to make the pass agree with you. I'm not sure whether back in that or it's off Swinney gets a poke check in or it's off Swinney skates or whatever and it goes back around the back of the net. He then takes a stride at the puck. He knows where the puck has moved and he takes a stride to it. What Dob said was that um, once he's got rid of that off his stick, that play is completed and he's not eligible to be hit. He takes a step towards the puck and as soon as he steps towards the puck, for me, he's eligible to be hit. I've got no issue with Pelly hitting him. I, I understand maybe because of the impact on the or whatever, you get a minor for boarding, but it's not a two-game suspension. And this twelve hundred pound plus six hundred for for um, Rainer a couple of weeks ago, eighteen hundred pound in fines or eighteen hundred euro one to one. It's near enough. It's the same, same player. player. <laughs> it's the same player. Sordos. Sordos got leveled by Pels and and he got knocked well put in his ass by Big Rainer. Well, what you got? What you got to think of as well is that guy. That guy carried on playing in the game. Okay, now the guy that hit Forsberg, you know, intentionally off the puck, gets a one-game suspension, 600 euro fine, and we've got a guy that's missing for a month with an injury? Like, come on, work it out. No, you're absolutely right. It's left the Belfast, it left the Belfast Giants two D-men short as they went into the game against the Augsburg Panther in Germany on Sunday evening. That was a 3-1 defeat for the Belfast Giants. The Panther goals come from Matt Fraser. I think it's three he scored against us now. But Fraser, Hasse and Peril, who scored a uh, empty net goal. The Belfast Giants' only goal of the game came from Bram Ward. Um, I'll start with you, Simon. That was a kickback performance from the Belfast Giants. And I tell you what, they went toe-to-toe with Augsburg. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great game. Um, 
Shane Owen was absolutely outstanding. Uh, I, I thought he was great during the game. The 38 saves. Um, you know, some some huge saves. Uh, I thought defensively, uh, we were very, very strong. Obviously, missing for uh, Pellich. You know, Gary was... Yeah, Mark Garcia was excellent. Yep. Uh, Rainer, you know, he, he absolutely thrives uh, when we're shorthanded. You know, you've got the likes of uh, Pat Mullen, who, you know, he, he played a ton of minutes as well. Uh, the, the whole the whole group from from, from the forwards back, uh, right the whole way back to yep. Shane Owen, were excellent. Brian, Brian Ward had uh, sickness and diarrhea through the night. You know, Is so, that right? Yeah, yeah. So he was, he was sent, you know, and he played it out as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... You know, we show you know, show quite a few bodies yeah. on the night, but uh, it was fantastic to watch, fantastic yeah. to be a part of. Yeah, it was, I mean, watching it on TV. Obviously, you were there, Paddy, but you know, watching it on TV, um, and I think Debbie watched as well. You know, it was a brilliant game. Uh, it had everything as well, and, and even coming across, uh, and this is the bit I want to get you know, Taff and, and your view on it. Um, we, we we got to experience what it was like in Belfast, and how loud those you know thousand. Augsburg fans were, but coming across on TV, I don't think did it justice, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, what was that experience like, Taff? Oh, outstanding. From start from start to finish, it was electric. End-to-end stuff, you know. Go ahead, Joel. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> but end-to-end stuff, um, chances both ways. Uh, hit the post. I think we hit the post twice. They hit it once, but... Uh, Fair to say, they call he did, did have a good game. He really, really had a good game. So did Owie. Um, and I got to take my hat off to this game. The officiating was phenomenal. Mm. It was great from start to finish. They talked to the coaches. They, they, they call what they had to call. You know, they were awesome from start to finish. But what an atmosphere. And, you know, our fans, again, outdone themselves. They were awesome. You could, you, you could hear them all night, all night. Paddy, you were one of those fans. I'm sure you had a shandy or two when you were there as well. That's highly professional, mate. You know me. Um, I listen. Taff's absolutely right there. The, the the atmosphere in that arena was was superb. It was it's everything that I've come to experience from from German hockey games and the times I've been out there. You know, the guys turn up, the fans turn up like an hour and a half before the game. They get their spots on the terrace and and the the atmosphere starts to ramp up even before warm up. You know, it. it, it it was absolutely superb. You just met with a wall of noise. That that far side to where the Giants fans were um, was just this massive curve, this bank of fans, all just you know, massive terrace. Uh, the noise that came from them all night long, they're just relentless, absolutely relentless. You see it, you see it in Berlin, you see it in Cologne, you see it in Munich. That's just the way those, I guess they are. But throughout the whole game, and let's be fair, it's a little bit of a different culture. Let's say that the language is choice, but the language, because the language was choice, I quite enjoyed that, using that sort of language myself through the game. Um, but the Giants fans, massive credit to them. As, 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 as Taff says, I thought we were in good voice and there was a, a good few uh, ironic cheers and, and songs such as uh, when they scored and, uh, and then the Giants fans kicked up with We Forgot You Were Here and Sing When You're Winning. 
you know, just throwing those ones back at them. But uh, also the hospitality from from the guys, uh, the, the fans were coming up. We were stood in the queue to pick up passes and whatever, and we had fans coming up and uh, shaking our hands and, and welcoming us to Augsburg and hoping we're having a good time. And then in the period, first period break, we're walking up past the bar and so many Giants fans were just approached by Augsburg fans. I handed these little yellow tokens with the with the Augsburg uh, lo- logo on them, and that was for uh, a free drink. And you just took it up to the bar for free drink, and you got a you got a, a pat on the back and a, sh- a shake of the hand. And a lot of them saying, you know, they were over in Belfast last week, had a great time, and just wanted to to say thanks. And the atmosphere was both was both friendly, but it was competitive. It was uh, very very enjoyable. With regards to my opinion of what took place on the ice. I thought the boys, there was an overwhelming sense of pride from the Giants fans at the end because the boys put in one hell of a shift. And I think it was, it was told by that penalty kill in the second period. Uh, okay, seconds after that penalty kill ends, they score a goal, which comes with you know, a lucky bounce that eventually goes past and gets they get a pass. I think Fraser gets it past Owen. But for two solid minutes... You know, there was no change. There was overwhelming pressure, both both from their power play unit and from our penalty kill. But you handed the likes of Rayner, who was a beast out there in that penalty kill, and it just ramped and ramped up the atmosphere. I don't know, like Taff, you can give us a, your insight with regards when the boys got back to the bench, but but that penalty kill, I'll remember that for a long time because the amount of effort put into it was incredible. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Got, you know, Brian Ward, Rayner, yep, and Mully. They were blocking shots left, right, and centre, putting their bodies on the line. And I thought, man, these guys care tonight. It, 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 it was awesome. You see, you see that happen when I was playing as well. You see that happening as a player standing on the bench, and you see your teammates out there doing that. It just gives you a massive lift as well, like especially and, on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Guys are back. Guys are banging their sticks on boards and shouting and hollering and hollering. It's just you know unbelievable. Unreal, unreal. And if we had, a, if we had a managed to take another fifteen seconds yeah. and you know get past that, mm-hmm. you know, literally just as I think was it Hoogie came out of the penalty yeah, box, yeah, yeah, just as Hoogie came out, they scored. But if we had a managed to just change and you know clear that part, that would have been absolutely unbelievable. But again, coming across on the TV, you you got that, and you just I mean, I think Bobby Farnham was the fourth one, wasn't he? Um, and Bobby, you know. Again, sacrificing your body to block the puck, getting through to Shane Owen. Yeah, was it was just absolutely immense, and that, that shift was, you know, that, that galvanizes a whole team. And, and don't don't forget, this is a top DEL DEL team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a top top team in uh, in that league. And semi final lost out in the semi final to, to Red Bull Munich, who they play this Friday, yeah. actually. You know, and push push them to the limit. I still I still think that. Uh, Empty Echo was was offside, but yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think we all said I said that at the time. <laughs> yeah, we all said on the bench it's offside. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was too late, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, to you know, to put a put a game like that against a team like that, you know what? We got a good, we got a good chance of uh, so this year. If we can play like that every every, every night, we're gonna be we're gonna be up there. Tough. Sorry for jumping in, Paddy. Go on. Tough. Seen you've seen the throughout the last uh, sixteen years the IFL's playing now. Yeah, 15, 16 years. You've seen the standard being risen every single year, um, and you know 
if you'd have went down for argument's sake, okay, you get the odd lucky result. But if you go down the years um, of EIHL teams playing teams of that calibre, it doesn't come along very often. No. But, you know, the EIHL teams just seem, and I'm, I'm not just including Belfast here, but the likes of you know, the Devils have Devils. done very well Nottingham. so far this season. Nottingham, Nottingham Sheffield, um, you know, they've risen their game to get that level. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's from when the EIHL started, none, our teams would not last five minutes with these teams. The standing has risen so high now. It's, uh, you know, people people, people are recognising this league now. You know, they've seen what's happened in the last couple of years and they're thinking, hang on a minute, this league's not a, is not a pushover now. We've got a good chance of uh, progressing. Cardiff got a good chance now. They go win one game out of the next two, but I think it'll be tough. But you know what? Like, that, that overtime loss to um, Augsburg at home, yeah. you know, yeah. um, we could, and if we could have squeaked out, you know, we could have been up on top. But, you know, that's hockey for you. But uh, I think the, stand, the standard is night and day as good as some of them teams in Europe now. Yeah, I wholly agree. David, your take on the game? Yeah, we, we certainly went toe-to-toe with them. It was never you know, being short on the back end. But you look at the shifts, you've you've already named the names, you know, like Lenny, I think he's 26 or 27 minutes. Patrick Mullen, Rayner, Gary, you know, with greatest respect to to Gary, you know, he's played 22, 23 minutes. That's probably a lot more than playing. I think Swinney played probably about half of that, about 12 minutes. But, you know, the guys had to put a big, big shift in. Um. Difficult things, you know, we, we could do with winning a few more face-offs perhaps through this whole tournament. That's something that we'll really have to step up. Puck possession is really, really critical when you're playing against teams that, that really pressure you high. So, you know, that's what we'll probably want to look at that. But like a team, I, I thought both goaltenders were great. You know, a word for their goaltender too. Yeah. I, I thought he was sensational over both games. He probably kept them in the game in Belfast. Um it was that one stick save he made in Belfast was just ridiculous. But you know, yeah, made it as well. that that kind of pride that you're talking about, yeah. Belfast Giants have gone into the Lions Den really short bodies. No Jesse Forsberg, no Matt Pellich. You know, we're we're playing with Swinney and Guy in the back end, so you know, we're we're short on D. Playing a, a a guy who spent his career as a forward playing on the back end, Swinney supplementing that five, and those guys have laid down like season high. It's only four games in the season, but I'm sure if I go back over last year's stats, 12 or 13 block shots, I don't think we came close to that through any games last season. The guys are sacrificing everything just to keep themselves and, and getting that goal back. If we could have held on that just for a few minutes more, you never You know, I think overall, I think we're realists enough to say that the, the right team probably won both games across the, the, the couple of nights, but it would, it would oh so close. Uh, and yeah, that feeling of pride of watching my team, those guys representing my city, my country. It was fantastic. One more point before I move it on is that every Giants fan, just back on the hospitality of the guys in Augsburg, every Giants fan as they left was handed like a goodie pack with a, a massive bread pretzel, a pair of sunglasses, an energy drink, a sticker, you know, sort of a, just a, something to, to walk away with. I have to say, I was I was glad of the energy drink because I probably would have went to bed earlier without it. Um. On Group C, 
Uh, the Giants, uh, unfortunately, now sit fourth. Uh, Lule topped the group with uh, eight points, four games played. Augsburger, eight points, four games played. Uh, Lieberecker now in third position, four points, four games played. And there, they're I think, more or less on goal difference because the Belfast Giants are also four points from four games played, but uh, have a minus seven in goal difference. Um We'll return to the CHL in a month or so's time with two games against Lulia, uh, both home at first and then all the way into the Arctic Circle. How's that trip going to be tough? You got that planned out? Uh, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Logistically, that one, because we play Glasgow, Glasgow. Yep. Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I think Monday we travel over to to fly to Stockholm, Stockholm to Lulia, get in probably late at night again to unpack the gear to practice Tuesday morning, uh, play Tuesday night and fly back. I think I think we fly at uh, seven in the morning, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. It's going to be a, it's going to be a long weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, but you know we'll get through it. Time for the results of August's Player of the Month Award, sponsored by Phonacab. We asked you to choose from the shortlist of four, and from those players you have chosen with 46% of the vote, Patrick Ronka, number 95 for your Belfast Giants. Congratulations to Patrick, he becomes the first winner of the A View From The Bridge Player of the Month Award for this season. We'll get the trophy to him this weekend. And thank you to almost 600 of you who cast your vote this month. We'll be back next month with another one. And thanks again to Phonacab for sponsoring the award. Yep, so your player of the month, sponsored by Phonacab, is Patrick Ronka for the month of August. Simon, well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, the kid's been brilliant since he came in. You know, I'm really looking forward to him getting into the IHL action and playing against the, uh, the UK teams. And, you know, we, we played a couple of games in the CHL for Katowice a couple of years ago as well. And uh, actually, not the Katowice for that team. He played before Katowice, I think. But, um, you know, he's, he's top, top qualities. So quick. Uh, he's got great hands. Um, you know, he's infectious around the room as well. And, uh, you know, in the short space of time, I know that, you know, he, he, is, he is certainly trying to learn English. And, and, um, and you know, if we can, if we can hold on to this kid, then you know it'll, it'll be a, a master stroke by Steve Thornton. But um, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna create a lot of attention. Um, and I'm not just talking about from this league; I'm talking about outside the league as well. Uh, I really do think he's got a big opportunity to, to um, to go and play at a higher level. I've come to Taff in a second, Davy. You, uh, I, I can't remember who you YouTube, but Patrick Ronk was a, a great choice for the for the Player of the Month. Instant, yeah, in, instant impression. He has that lovely um, uh, that, that smile. His is absolutely brilliant. He's, he's a really hard guy to see and not be happy to be around. And you know that that's got to be brilliant in the locker room. But when he's on the ice, you know we've all about it last week. On those edges, unbelievable. The way he can turn with the puck under control. I don't know. Taffin maybe be able to tell us better about how short or how long a stick is. I imagine he's got a little Steve Thornton tiny stick, but. You know, he's just his ability on the puck is sensational. His, his goal, I think it's the second night against Augsburg Panther, is it in Belfast, yep. where he just hits the brakes around yep. the top of the circle and waits for a screen. 
and and buries it. He's he scored a couple of really key goals already, but he just he creates every time he's on the ice. Special teams, even strength, he just does a little bit of everything, and he wants the puck. He's demanding he'll come back and he'll get it and he'll transition for us. So excited to see what he's going to do in the elite league for sure. Yeah, absolutely right. He's got he's got a great personality. A lot, really nice fella, and a, and a hell of a player. Tough. Yeah, he's a lovely kid. You know, he comes in every very polite, always smiling. Um, guys love him around the room. And I think it was a game one one of the preseason games. He he lost the puck in our own end, and uh, he backchecked all the way back, and he won that puck off the guy's stick and. Uh, uh, Liam Reddick's on the bench. He turned around. He goes, "No, there's a kid that loves hockey." He said, "You know what? That kid's got a a, a bright future ahead of him." And uh, you know what? He's 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 awesome in the room. Um, I even had to te- teach him how to shot, uh, cut a stick. You know, he don't think he's ever cut a stick before. So, <laughs> but uh, keeps keeps coming. Taff, taff. You must cut my stick. You must cut my stick. I'm gonna have to show you. I'm gonna have to show you. I'm not gonna be here all the time. So. But uh, now he can he can cut his own stick now and tie his own laces. So <laughs> you know he's getting there. He's getting there slowly. <laughs> but one one thing about him, Path, that you talk about that back check there. He'll for all the size of him, he yeah. goes into the he goes into the corners and he goes in the corners hard. He'll go into those puck battles. Oh, you know, I, I, against the biggest guys as well. He, he yeah, he's not scared of you know mixing it up. He is you know he probably going in the corner against Matt Pellich anytime. He will he will give all, give his all get that puck. 100%. Probably Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, congratulations to Patrick Runkle. We'll get that trophy to him. He is the first winner of the Player of the Month Award sponsored by Phonacab. We'll obviously have another one of those at the end of September. Um, just quickly, we're going to just have a few interviews here. Uh, some I was supposed to put in last week and I unfortunately forgot. But the SNL Giants uh, undertook their first game in in the Scottish National League against Solway. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great result for them, a 17-2 defeat. Um, but our good friend Craig Simpson was at the game and he picked up a couple of interviews. And let's start with none other than Mark, the Motrain Morrison. So post came in, done free size ball with Mark Morrison. Mark uh, wearing a Belfast Giants jersey once again. How does that feel? Yeah, it's always good uh, to wear a Belfast Giants jersey. You know, always feel proud putting it on. Um, it's a bit weird getting back on the ice, uh, getting the edges back and stuff there, but um, I'm sure we'll pull together over the next couple of weeks and, and get going. And getting the, getting the SNL team back at the top of the junior club to get that pathway for the players through must be a huge thing for the club. You know what, it's been missing for X amount of years there, and it just means that once our, it did, it did mean that once our players reached a certain age, they had, no, they had nowhere to go after that for in Northern Ireland. Unless they were good enough to go to professional, then they had the Belfast chance. But it, it's, it's tough to make it into that category. So uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that there's this extra stepping stone because then if the kids play under 20, some of them might also play up to the SNL. And that will give the kids double the ice time, double the experience, and definitely a better chance of pushing on further. Yeah, and we've seen some of the certainly some of the kids now who to play in the junior club getting that chance with the Scottish conference team so the talent is coming through and this gives them somewhere to play like you say absolutely our younger tier teams have a great amount of talent down there um, there was there was a gap 
between the under 20s and the SNL for quite a number of years. But uh, that's coming to that's starting to fill through now with the younger players coming through, and um, we definitely have talent there to, to nurture and bring 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 along. Just thought that to kill and just before they. Um, lining up before the game alongside Caitlin, how did that feel? It was weird. It was really weird uh, playing in this uh, situation with her, you know, uh, in the dressing room and stuff. And But it, I think it was good for her to see, you know, how, how it's done at a higher level and uh, what way to act and what way to be professional around things. Uh, we were getting beat there, but, you know... Uh, the, the professional attitude is to keep going, keep your heads up, and never give up. And um, hopefully that uh, filtered down to the younger guys. Yeah. And there was never a question about the number twenty shirt, was there? Uh, well, it just ended up in the stall. I don't know where it came from. It's, it's a bit tight, to be fair. So we'll have to complain about that. Um, just quickly on the on the game. Obviously, a, a tough start, but what is practically a, a brand new club for the SNL Giants? It can only go one way from here. Yeah, we're missing a few players as well who couldn't make it, unfortunately, this weekend. So that means there's seven other players fighting for spots. So it's going to be competitive to make the team, which is always good to push players on further. So it is going to be a competitive uh, team this year. And uh, hopefully the next game we'll have a full roster and we'll be able to bring it a bit better. Excellent. Well, we appreciate your time tonight. Well done on the, on the game and we're wish you well for the season. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Uh, so back in the rink where you had your GB... Performance here last year. How does it feel to play with a with a Belfast shirt on? Yeah, it's a bit more different. It's a lot of older guys. It's very tough. Yeah, but uh, playing playing for a Belfast team, how, how does that feel? Yeah, it feels good to be with my home team. You know, a lot of the guys I've grew up with, so it's nice to play with them again. Yeah, and having the having the senior team back as part of the kind of at the top of the of the junior club, giving that the pathway through. That... Yeah, that's nice. It gives me the opportunity to show myself at this level and see how it goes. Yeah, and lining up at the pre-game, we had your, your dad beside you. How did that feel? It was a bit different. It was a bit funny. I never saw him in this sort of situation, so it was good. Yeah. Yeah, and the game obviously a, a tough game on the ice, but the. The team kept going for the full 60. Yeah, a lot of these guys haven't played competitively in a long time, so it's good to see everyone back together again. And, and yourself, obviously, playing this level, the the GB still a, 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 an ambition as well? Yeah, had tryouts last week, so just waiting to find out. Yeah, well, well done on tonight, and uh, best of luck for the season. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. The SNL Belfast Giants player coach, Gareth Roberts, joins us. Uh, here in Dumfries, uh, a tough start for the for the SNL Giants, but it's it's all about getting the team up and running and the and the journey from here. Yeah, this game came out as fast. We've been together for four weeks now. This is the only ice time they could get to accommodate the game, so it's came fast. We spent the first kind of two weeks trying to get a team. <laughs> there's more people to come. But there's about six or seven guys couldn't make this trip because it was so soon. There's six or seven players there, so there is that are going to up. The tempo of our game. Yeah. We're going to compete. This doesn't reflect what we're going to do this year, what we're planning to do. But it's a good pre-season with yeah. abbreviations there. Yeah. Um, they're a very good team. They took their chances. They were clinical. But it helped us. It shows us what we have to work on. Yeah. So to get the to get the SNL team back at the at the head of the of the junior club, we could say. Uh, it's huge for the for the progression and the, and the player pathway on Northern Ireland. It is. We, we have to give the kids somewhere to go. They, not everybody can go to Canada because it's very expensive. We have to provide something for the kids to strive for, something that they want to be part of. And we're 
this league is good enough for that. So it is, whenever we get going properly and we get the home games as well as the away games, there's something going to be there for the kids. There's something for them to strive for, something for them to work harder, put that extra step in and practice, and then progress to the Giants. Like that, that's the goal. There's a lot of hard work in between there. Nobody's taking that away. Like it is hard work getting to the Giants. But got to give the kids hope. We're a lot of old men trying to get this going. So yeah. we are. But it's for the kids as much as ourselves. Like the Junior Giants as a club with Stewie is a great, great thing for the kids of Northern Ireland and Ireland. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's made to feel part of that family. Yeah. And the family just needed a head at the top. So that and this is what the SNL is. Like, we want to have some for progression for the kids. Yeah. It's all about them, to be honest. We're just here to get it going. And uh, having the guys like yourself and Mark who've played at the at the, the senior giants yes, yeah. to, to kind of give that experience and, and tell the kids what it can be about uh, is, is hopefully that's what the, you know, there is a little figureheads and what have you. That, we're all here to help with our experience. Um, it was tough out there trying to do it ourselves. Like, I've been off the ice for five years, Mo's maybe six or seven. It's hard to get our legs going again, but we we'll want to do that because we want to pass on what we have done we still love the game like, you miss it whenever you're gone yeah. so you do so to be able to play again is awesome for us personally but there's a bigger picture there that we're all striving for and as much as we get to have fun there it's about the kids like, yeah. it is about the junior giants that's what we want and there is a talent was to mark the, the, the number of Belfast players who are now making their way into kind of the Scottish conference team so they are representative teams um, so the talent is coming through at the junior level so giving them the, the stepping stone to the SNL hopefully on a pathway to the elite well, we want to keep them at the club we don't want them going away looking for extra games Like we need to provide them extra games um, the more that we keep them here the better chance to have of training with the Giants learning what you need to do at a young young age and then progressing there like, that's what every kid wants to do yeah. Just some of us have been fortunate but the, the league has progressed so much that we have to point them in the right direction of what they need to do. Yeah. So it's, it's good to see the, the Belfast team back in the SNL, and uh, we wish you all the very best. Thank um, you. Hopefully, it's better yeah, to come. A lot of travelling. Obviously, this, this is probably uh, this is your local derby. I think this one is your nearest. Oh uh, well, this is the closest. Yeah. So we'll call it a derby whenever we get better. <laughs> but, uh, appreciate your time tonight. Very well done, That's and nice. uh, all the very best for the season. Thanks very much. I'm going to come back now. Thanks to Craig for all those interviews. I'm going to go straight to you, Mr. Majemsi, because that game was also probably, well, it's been talked about as the first time there's been a, a father and daughter on the ice in senior hockey. Yeah, well, if, if anybody knows, it's going to be, be Craig Simpson there. So, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of history for the Martin. They have been, I suppose, steeped in hockey. They're, they're, well, not their whole lives, but certainly since Mo was a, a young fella running around in Donald and getting the the Scottish leagues and stuff, and obviously Caitlin over in Canada the last couple of years, so she's came back and, and taken up with the SNL team. I see today that they have they've added a big body on the blue line there, and um, someone with almost six hundred games with Belfast Giants and Graham Walton. So um, yes, yes, yes. I think um, a mobile defence man he hasn't been described as. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it's good to see some of the guys that that once played for the club still have their passion and, and want to help younger guys and, and girls to um, succeed in the SNL. It's going to take a little bit of experience as well as, as those youngsters for for the team to go. Difficult to go away over there and get pumped 17 too. But, uh, you know, we wish them every success. We'll be following along the way. I see that nearly every player has got a, a sponsorship request out there. So if you're um, if you're 
business out there and you, you don't want to sponsor the podcast, you might want to sponsor a uh, an SNL player and uh, and help them with some expenses this coming season. Uh, says and and Taff and you know to go over the game like that seventeen two you know it's it's unfortunate but it's a starting point. You want to go first, Taff? You go first. The um, yeah, it, like I've been in those positions. I've been hammered seventeen goals against us, and and it's not nice. Uh, but it is a learning curve, you know. Even at that level, you know, let's you know, Solway would be a top team at that level in the SNL. Um, you know they played at they played at higher levels over the last number of years as well. Uh, they've import players in there. They've got a really good coach and and uh, we spot and and you know they're a, they're a top top outfit. But you know I, I don't think uh, the guys went over with a food lineup. You know lineup and uh, and again you know you, it's their first game they've played in a long 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 time. So it'll take about a bit of getting used to you. It'll you know it's 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 given the opportunity here for for players to you know play competitive hockey you know you can you can train as much as you want well or you know you're on the ice or off the ice but if you're not playing you're just not going to improve um at the speed and the level you need to we talked about this a few weeks ago um i've had a bit of stick over it from a from a few of the parents um for for um allegedly having a go at the kids saying there's nobody good enough and i still that there, there isn't anybody good enough right now to step in and play for the belfast chance um and i would i would love Nothing more than for one of those kids that who play in the in the, the SNL team, whether it's you know a fourteen year old Carter Hamill or whether it's you know it's it's Adam Robinson getting on you know getting the to put every single effort into playing uh, hockey and and you know prove to Adam Keith that he deserves the chance again. But as I say, we we still are a number of years away from from having a, a local player, a local born and bred player playing for the Belfast Giants and. And as I say, I would like nothing more for the shove down my throat. Nothing at all. Taff, it comes down to what we were talking about earlier on with regards to culture and maybe yeah. it being difficult to develop that or basically a starting block for developing that culture over here. Yeah. Um, Adam had a chat with uh, young Cal Beatty. Um, you know, he just wanted some direction where he was going to go in uh, in the future. And Adam said, if you're aiming to be a Belfast Giants, you're not you're not aiming high enough. He said you need to be aiming higher higher than the Belfast Giants. He said uh, you need to be going to the East Coast, something like that. You know that's what you know that's what kids do in North America. They aim to go to the NHL. They aim to go there. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't got the facilities like we you know like we were saying earlier in Liverpool stuff like that. You know, but these kids are going away, and I think you know what I see these kids go away now. Um, going to North America and things like that. I think they're going the wrong way. They pay a lot of money to go there. I think kids um, need to be going the other way. I think they should be going to Sweden, Finland, mm. and learning the hockey there. There's there's um, Ross Lambert, former Nottingham Panther. Um, his son plays for the Finnish national team now, the under-20s. And uh, apparently he's going to be drafted very, very highly in the, in the, in the future. But uh, he He's doing really, really, really well in Finland. You know, um, is that a language like, thing though that people that they would go to North America because you know English speaking? Yeah, but but still, every coach today now, every coach and every Finnish player, every Swedish player now, speaking. Yeah, you know, it's his second language now, so it isn't a problem. I know it, Finnish and Swedish is hard 
hard to learn, but you know, coach, you know, coaching is done on a board and most of the coaches speak English anyway. So and I suppose but, you've got uh, like the likes of Patrick Ronka coming here where English exactly. is certainly his second language. Yeah. You know, any, 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 you know, European that comes over, they've got to adapt to our coaching, you know, Kiefer speaking, which isn't very good, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think that's a very valid point. What Taff's saying there, and what sorry, what he said that Adam had said to me, Kel. I mean, I, I was talking to Kel. Taff and I were watching a practice what ten days ago at the yeah. arena, um, and Kel's been on every morning. I was down helping Taff out in the room, and then you know when the boys are out training, he gets his gear on and goes on after practice and skates out there. And, and you know when you're talking about examples of of um, watching players, you know. There, there was nothing higher than watching Liam Reddix as the last guy off the ice at the SSE Arena at the minute. There was the game before we played um, Liberets last Thursday um, at home. On the Wednesday morning, they were training at the SSE Arena. Uh, did a full practice. Um, Reddix was the last one off the ice. He stood with 40, 50 pucks. At the far end of the rink, at the east end of the rink, sorry, the west end of the rink, um, and he stood there and was practicing his shot forehand, backhand. Kel skating around at the other end of the ice. Um, uh, Mac, uh, Mac Stewart was on the ice as well, and Liam's just standing there shooting the puck. This is half an hour after everybody else is off the ice. Yeah. And that's what this guy is 32, 33 yeah, years yeah. of age. He's played 100 games in the NHL, he's played eight seasons in Sweden. And he's still trying to get better every single day. Yeah. And when you get guys like that, and yes, you know, Davey touched on it earlier, you know, they get an hour's practice a week here or two hours practice. You're absolutely right, Davey. It's not long enough. It's nowhere near long enough. And I know that the guys at the arena, as in, you know, push for this new facility in uh, in Belfast, and and hopefully, you know, they they can get that done and and, and get. A development program um, in two ranks in Northern Ireland uh, because it's 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 needed. It's drastically needed. But as I say, you're looking for a role model. You look no further than Liam Raddox. Um, and young guy, I could see young Kel uh, sitting watching him and and you know just watching which way he's moving the puck from forehand to backhand to get it. You know to try and put it up top. And um, you know I, I was talking to Kel and I said to him, I said Kel, look, I said you're a really good kid. What are you just Kel? Fifteen. You know the kids. The kid can skate. There's no doubt about that. He's a really good skater. And I said to him, I said, "See, to be honest with you, Kel, you you need to focus absolutely everything on hockey. Every other sport needs to go out the window. Everything that you're doing, that apart from your schoolwork, get your schoolwork done and focus solely on hockey, and then you've got a chance." And ever ever since um, Adams had a chat to him, he's been going to his uncle's uh, gym. You know he's he's there two or three times a week now, and he's his uncle his uncle's a silver medal medalist Commonwealth uh, boxer, and uh, he's been at the gym two or three times a week. Well, that's you know, good. That's going to help. You know, he wants to be better. He wants to yeah. get better. And what Adam told him, you know, he took it on board and he thought, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Well, I, I I would like nothing more. Kids, you know, is it you know make it the the higher level in Belfast Giants. Um, but you know, if you aim high and you have to settle for playing for the chance, it's not a bad level to settle for, isn't it? That's right. Well, we'll keep an eye on the SNL Giants as as we go through. Big thanks again to Craig for those uh, for those interviews. 
Time for the fan agenda brought to you from our friends at Belfast Giants TV. And the first man up this season is the man who backstopped the Belfast Giants through what was a pretty successful and entertaining Champions Hockey League uh, and goes into his first league games and cup games this weekend. It's Shane Owen. How are you, mate? Great. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. How, let's start with... When, um, Let's start with the last weekend and and the road trip. Um, okay, not the greatest of results, but an enjoyable experience. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a memorable experience for myself and probably a lot of uh, our teammates. It was a, a great road trip, a lot of team bonding, and yeah, we had a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Obviously, the outcome wasn't what we wanted, but we faced a little adversity, and now we can just grow from that and just move forward. We spoke after the game uh, on Sunday uh, about the uh, the atmosphere in that rink, and uh, you were getting quite a bit of attention from the Augsburg fans behind you. Yeah, yeah, they were they were pretty crazy, but that, they were so passionate and made the game so much more fun to be a part of. And uh, yeah, that was definitely an unbelievable experience, and I'll uh, remember that for the rest of my life. Shane, it's Simon Kitchen. Um, just to go through with regards to the the journey over to uh, Liberace, your first away trip with the Giants. Obviously, it's very good to, to be involved in a team bonus session and, and being away with the boys for five days. Uh, how did uh, things progress for you? It was it was awesome. Yeah, we, we got to know a lot about each other and obviously spending all that quality time together and traveling over there and being in some countries I haven't really been to. I mean, I've only been in Czech once for a couple of days and I've never been to Germany, so experience those cultures and those those places was awesome and your view on on the, the overall first four games of the the chl um obviously the first game just over uh two weeks ago now for the uh at the ssa arena and picking that big win up uh, against liberec if you take them as a, as a group of four how do you think we, we've settled ourselves in for the for that action anyway uh it was good i mean yeah we had a, we had a great start and yeah, we're still still trying to get to know each other as as teammates and as a whole, and uh, I think we're doing quite well. And I think that's going to carry over into our domestic play and league play Challenge Cup and that very well. And I think we'll uh, be ready to go when that happens. But that being said, yeah, we still have two games left in the Champions League, and you never know what's going to happen. But we'll take those when the time comes. But for now, we just got to focus on domestic play. Shane, Davy, as you say. The sort of the Champions League is sort of multiple for another few weeks and we're in the domestic action straight in with games against the clan and Manchester aren't going to be easy we'll sort of be better set to know where we are as a team after we've played a few domestic games would you say? Yeah for sure I mean obviously our league play is going to be a little different the Czech play a different style of hockey the Germans play a different style of hockey so it's it's going to be yeah it's going to be interesting and I, I think we're going to be prepared we're uh, just played against some awesome teams and uh I think we just got to get back to work at practice tomorrow and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, game plan from there, let Kiefer do all his strategizing and his coaching and we'll uh, be ready to go. Got a couple of questions from Twitter that we threw out there. The, uh, as usual, we'll get a, some good ones back. Um, we got one from, as I look at, Andre Owens. A lot of hockey players have pre-game superstitions. If you're joining a team where superstitions clash, do you, how do you decide to keep the routine? Uh, I I don't personally have many superstitions. I mean, I have I have a routine, I guess you can say, but I don't have anything that's going to throw me off or or make yeah I don't know make make it a tough night for me. But 
there is guys that have crazy superstitions. I haven't I haven't seen any around the locker room yet, so there hasn't been anything that stood out to me. But I'm sure some things will uh, be seen eventually. What's been the weirdest one? I I couldn't even tell you. I, <laughs> I have no I have no clue. I mean I I've never been big into superstitions and stuff like that, so I don't even really pay attention to that. I just kind of play my soccer, my two touch, get warmed up and. Do a little juggling there, get my hand eye going, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Neil Whiteside caught you doing that for his um, sights and sounds, that juggling routine against the wall. Well, is that just to improve hand eye? Yeah, it's just a hand eye and get my my visual going. I guess I don't know my watching watching tracking pucks, tracking that that ball off the wall and catching them. And yeah, it's just kind of something I've been doing to get get myself warmed up for for quite some time now. Shane, Stevie again here. I, I, I maybe misuse cliche among goalies, you know, when they've conceded a goal and, and people are analysing the game, they'll say, you know, the goalie might want that one back or he, he might want another goal at that one. Is that something, do you watch tape back? Do you, do you agonise over goals that you've maybe conceded and think you could have done things differently? Or is it just once it's gone, it's gone? Do you just concentrate on the next shot or concentrate on the next game? Yeah, that's definitely, during the game and in the moment, It's that you're definitely going to take it shot by shot period by period, game by game. And, I mean, all you can control is that next save. So, at that time, you got to let it go. you got to let it go down that river, I guess you could say, and, and not focus on that and re- reset, refocus, and get ready for that next uh, shot. But then, of course, after games, we'll go over game tape. And myself being a competitive goalie, I, I believe I can save everything or I could have done something different to change everything. I mean, there's always some tough balances and stuff that you kind of out of your control, but... There's, there's always stuff you can uh, improve on. And, I mean, every day you're looking to get better. And, yeah, those game tapes are our coach, team, Kiefer, everyone in the back, back staff there does a great job of uh, putting highlight tapes together and video for us. And we're constantly watching video and trying to, trying to improve. Shane, you talk about um, obviously getting to know the guys, but there's one of the players that you played with in games uh, in Poland uh, two years ago and uh, Mr. Ronka. Um you obviously, you know, he, he's only coming out. Well, he's coming out of Poland for the first time to play uh, in the in the British League and obviously the CHL games. What's he like um, as a teammate, and and what's he like when he's one on one in practice? Oh, he's he's an awesome teammate. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always in a great mood. I mean, he's, I think he's still working on his English, but it's going pretty quick to him. And uh, yeah, he's he's a hilarious kid. He's always got good little jokes. He's always smiling. He's having a good time, and he just loves the game of hockey. And he competes every day and works. And uh, yeah, it's, he's tough in practice. You see the skill he has out there on the ice. So when he's coming in one on one, it's uh, it can be challenging. But I mean, I'm always up for the challenge, and that's the only way I'm going to get better as well. You, you've come in obviously to Belfast for your first season this year, um, and you, you you've obviously been put under pressure with how good. Tyler Beskarani was last year. Um, how do you, for, as a personal, um, as, as a player, how do you deal with that? Because, as I say, you know, you played against Besko last year um, on numerous occasions and, and you know, we've seen what you're capable of when you were playing for Fife and obviously in the first four games of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess pressure is a privilege and I, I enjoy it. I mean, yeah, you can have that extra stress, but the, you can't control any of that again. I mean, people are going to say those things, but I can just focus on my own game and focus on myself and try and get better every day. And I guess I've uh, proved 
to myself and to others in this league that I can I can play at a high level in this league and and do well. So that's that's my goal is to help this team win and, and do as well as I can. One more question from Twitter before we let you go, Shane. That comes from Ryan Rodwell. It says, having been part of a team that's now performed so valiantly in the CHL, is there a lot of op- optimism and confidence among you guys when you go after defending the titles? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone is, yeah, we're going to just get back to work, like I said. And, uh, yeah, we're we're feeling pretty good. And, like I said, we're getting to know each other pretty well. And, I think we're gelling. We're gelling very well together, and we have a great group of guys, and everyone gets along with each other, and that's a that's a big part in having a winning team. So, we're going to do our best to defend that title and take it game by game. Uh, has it been a couple of days off before preparing for the weekend? Sorry, what's that? I've, have you had a couple of days off before preparing for the weekend? Yeah, we had we had today off as well. Yesterday was a travel day. We didn't get home till one or two in the morning, so it was long, but. They gave us today off, so a little bit of ra- relaxing, recovering, and uh, we'll get back to work tomorrow morning. Well, listen, we'll let you go uh, back to your evening. Thanks very much for joining us, mate, and good luck this weekend. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, cheers. Thanks again to Shane. Um, around the league. Uh, so the Belfast Giants' other spot in the Champions Hockey League, which was taken by the Cardiff Devils, um, they've won their third game. That, uh, the, of their of their adventure in the CHL with an away win over Graz 99 that puts them top of their group um, moving on the Elite League is underway and uh, there have been wins this weekend for the Storm over the D- Dundee Stars uh, and the Panthers took a win and there was a split between the Sheffield Steelers and the Blaze uh, that split between the Steelers and the Blaze is uh, two entertaining games but it looks a bit I, I didn't even know the score. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I honestly don't even. I didn't even know the score. To be honest, the only game I looked at um, at the weekend was the Ram game uh, because we played them next weekend. So I, I didn't even know. I don't know who won. I've no idea what the score was. Don't really care at this time either. So um, yeah, I, I think that's the feeling across the board, really. So we'll we'll move on. Um, and we'll preview this weekend. The Belfast Giants return to domestic action against, as Simon just said, the clan, and then away to the Manchester Storm. Um, first up, let's have a quick chat uh, regards to the clan. Uh, not the best of starts for them. They took back-to-back losses against the Dundee Stars. Hammerings, in fact, we spoke briefly about those last week. Um, they come in for the Challenge Cup game against the Belfast Giants, and... Uh, well, Gav Chalmers had a chat with Joel Neal earlier today. Pleased now to be joined by the Chief Operating Officer of the Glasgow Clan, Garth Chalmers. Uh, Garth, welcome back to View from the Bridge. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Yes, very good. Thank you. Now, uh, we were just having a quick chat there beforehand. It's already 10 o'clock, and from what I understand, you've had quite a day. So, greatly appreciate you taking the time to chat to us tonight. Um, now, listen, before we get into the hockey side of things, uh, the 8th of July just passed was the one-year anniversary of the Brayhead to Glasgow rebrand. Uh, personally, something that I think was a, a fantastic move for the club, very well executed on the business side. I'm interested to know what that process was like for you in the back room, and, and how has the past year or so been? Uh, we've been talking about it for about, about two years now. Um, it's it's been something that we've been reviewing, um, assessing kind of to see if it would be a good move. Obviously, when you like any rebrand or any name change, you've got to take into account various factors, which is 
how will the fan base react to it? How will your sponsors react to it? How how will your your tenants, your, your venue react to it? Um, so we thought long and hard about it. We looked at the pros and cons, um, and then decided it was a really good move for us. Um, it's definitely been the best move. Um, it, it's worked out really well for us from just awareness in Glasgow, um, especially from the business side. But it's also it's also really grown our merchandising in terms of um, it's opened a lot of uh, avenues in North America, which is, which is exactly what we wanted. Um, and it's, it's been excellent. It's been very positive. Um, the fan base have really bought into it, which was which was one of our worries. So yeah, all very good. From my side of things, definitely. I mean, you, you've uh, brought on some kind of Glasgow-centric sponsors that I'm quite jealous of. Um, you know, you, you see kind of involvement from ICW now, the Cat House, West Brewery. It just seems that the club has really become more so part of the fabric of the city, which has obviously been been the, the overall aim. Yeah, it's been very important. And uh, sponsorship for us is um, it's a big growth area for us, sponsorship and merchandise. So, um, the, you know, the rebrand, we had that in mind. And it, it, as I said before, it's, it's open doors. Yeah. Um, we had a bit of a rethink about what we're doing with sponsorship and, um, and, and um, where we're wanting to go. And I think, you know, we'll see that there's a bit of a growth market there. Glasgow is the third biggest city in, in, the, in the UK. And, you know, there's a lot of white-collar companies in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And so we want to try and open doors there and, and utilise that, you know, that those contacts yeah all, all good so far but let's let's flip back onto the ice then um obviously the, the big headline news of the off season or, or one of the main headlines was zach Fitzgerald's return to glasgow he's taken up the reins behind the bench this year now as, as a giants fan first and foremost i've seen firsthand just what a move like that has the potential to do for a club um what are your hopes and your expectations for the fitzy era when we're looking for a head coach after pete left um i i, I think i I think the whole club learned its lesson. I, I certainly did, and I think the owner did as well. Um, it's very important to get a head coach that's got a connection with the club and the city. Um, I think you guys, of course, they get that with Kiefer and, um, uh, and to an extent, I think Cardiff got that with, with, with Andrew Lord as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, impo- it's important to have somebody who's, I think, paid for the club, uh, has, a, has a connection with the fan base, um, gets gets the gets the organisation against the city like the John Trip era for us taken nothing away from John but it was a disaster for us on so many levels. Uh, we learned our lesson from that and um, when we started looking around it was very important from my perspective that we got somebody with a league experience. Um, I would you know we try to be up could we get somebody with coaching experience? Um, if you look around the league there's not many headquarters in this league have coached before um, and there's reasons for that so Fitzy was an ideal candidate um, was he a risk of course he was a risk um, but I think he's the right guy for us he's, he's, um, he absolutely loves the club he loves living in Glasgow he said numerous times that um, he loves being at the in the city so it was, it was an easy decision for us and um, you know for him I, I want a coach that's going to be here a couple of years with the to go through quite a few head coaches mm-hmm. um, one way or another so we'd like to be here for you know a couple of years like, like Ryan was and um, try and build something over a couple of years and see where it goes from there and if you take a look at the squad you've built this year it's certainly impressive you know you've retained a core of those high performers and you've also boosted the ranks with guys like Chad Rao coming straight from the KHL uh, Matthew Waz made a return to the EI do you feel like you're in contention for silverware this year what are your thoughts for the season ahead 
Well, after last year, like we, we had a very good year last year by by um, by where our budgets are in the league, and um, we punched way way above our our weight, which is which is exactly what we want to do. Um, this year, well, after last year, we assessed where what our weaknesses were. Um, so we, we moved pretty quickly to get the guys that we wanted um, and worked on just just really just getting the targets. Um, I think we've upgraded in the areas that we needed upgrading. Um, so I think we've got a team that hopefully can do as well as last year, if not better. Um, the league's going to be very good this year again, though. Like everybody is is recruited very well. Yeah. Um, even like the, the, everybody, like like every single there's not a weak team in the league now. Um, and and you know, it, it, you don't know how things are going to turn out. We could finish second or third. We could finish eighth, ninth, tenth. You just don't know how things are going to work out on paper. Um, I would hope that we'll do as well as last year, if not better. Um, and I think we've got, on, you know, we've got, we've got a good group of guys. We're focused very much on getting a good core back, and then doing our recruitment and, and having a good dressing room, but having caliber players as well. And I think we've got that. Um, and if we can build on what, what people last year and what, what we think fifty can bring this year, it, it should hopefully be a, be a very good year. Obviously, three games into your Challenge Cup campaign so far, um, and sitting at one and two, those are games that weren't without their fireworks. Um, now it's still obviously very early doors, and everyone's still kind of feeling the league out, feeling their lines out, their systems. What's the feeling in the locker room and around the club right now? Is it one of optimism? It's, it's positive. Um, we've got a very good group of guys here, um, and I think you know, like Dundee caught us a little bit by surprise last weekend, and that's. Again, that's no disrespect to them, but um, yeah, fair play to Dundee. They look very good this year. Um, it wasn't the results that wanted to start the season with, but um, you know, the guys worked hard during training this week, and we got a good result against Fife on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, again, I think it shows the strength of the league, and we'll, you know, see this time after time. I think it shows any team can win on any night, and that's exactly what we want from the league. It's important that teams are ever competitive, um, and, and Pash looks like he's put a good team together. Um, but going forward, it was important for us to get a to get a win um, in Fife. Um, it's important for the organisation. It's important for the fans. And then obviously we've got a we've got a very difficult stretch of away games coming up. Um, obviously Belfast on Saturday and then Cardiff on Sunday. So it's um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and it just keeps coming as it does in this league. Um, you mentioned it there, but obviously a first visit of the season to Belfast and a first meeting with the Giants this weekend. Historically, some fantastic games between the two sides, uh, great atmospheres, both home and away. Are you expecting a, a tired Giants fresh off their, their CHL opening games? What do you think that the game has in store? No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't... I, I, <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say we're expecting a tie down. I've, I've actually watched quite a few of the Champions League games, right. um, and I, I think the, the Giants are very good, um, very good. So it's um, it's going to be very difficult. It, you know, going into the uh, into the building across there, it's always going to be very difficult. Um, and like to me, like after last year, the Giants like they'll be one of the top teams again in the league this year. Kiefer and and Thorns have done a really good job with the recruitment again, and. Um, the, the look really good and um, it's um, it's going to be difficult and you know we've just got to go in there and be confident and um, and hope and come away with something um, again it's not an easy building to get anything out of though now it's um, you know I, 
I'm very impressed with what the Giants have done over the last couple of years. They've certainly raised the bar, um, along with Cardiff for the rest of the league. And uh, you know, those those two organisations now are the, the two organisations that need to be beaten. Thanks again to Gareth. Uh, before we talk about these games, let's just uh, preview the Storm one as well. Uh, we travelled to the Drizzle Dome to take on the Manchester Storm in the first game of our Elite League campaign. Two trophies we're looking to retain in two nights with regards to starting the campaigns. That's Sunday at 5.30pm. And uh, earlier today, I had a chance to chat with uh, Steve Packer of Storm TV. And the game on Sunday, the Belfast Giants start their defence of their Elite League title away in Aldrigham and they face the Storm. Joining me now, one of the men behind the mics on Storm TV, it's Mr. Stephen Packer. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really well, Paddy. I'm really good. How are you? How was your trip to Germany? <laughs> productive. Productive. <laughs> not, for my, not for my bank balance or my liver, but you know. <laughs> I've seen, seen the pictures it looked productive inside inverted commas <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is mate you've been yeah. the, <laughs> um, the storm a few changes probably had to be made after last season and the struggles that went on especially towards the end of the season and those changes have come yeah no absolutely I think it was no secret that uh, the club needed a bit of a, a freshen up on the ice and, uh, and, and Ryan and Ryan Finney, he's certainly done that. He's gone out. He's recruited a lot of first-year pros. A lot of guys coming over from NCAA or U uh, Sports over in Canada. Uh, and then he supplemented that with some real experience on the back end by signing uh, Jared Allin and uh, and Lane Ulmer. Um And early signs. I mean, I know it's only one game in, and I was speaking to to Mark Pasha the other day, and he says, you know, everybody at this time of year thinks they're going to win the league, uh, but early signs are promising. One of the thing, one of the names that came back, I suppose, is Matt Ginn. A guy who was very, well, he was brilliant for you last season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they go on Sunday. You know, if, if, if you believe the rumours, you could have the the netminder that Belfast wanted to sign up against the netminder that Belfast did sign. Um, <laughs> so it could be interesting. <laughs> the uh, then they say there's a few other names that have been retained and likes of Bomber and Earhart, but. There seems to be another physical aspect in bringing in uh, Matteo Gagnon. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret that, you know, in that it's uh, rink and altering. I mean, you've got to play that physical side. But um, the, the game against Dundee the other day, I think it really put a, a stamp on the style of hockey that Storm are going to play this year. It was, it was almost uh, watching two real quick... Uh, skillful teams go at it, but still with that little bit of edge, and say the back there with with Gagnon and the likes of uh, even Dallas Earhart. You know his game has come on leaps and bounds on the offensive, but he's still got that little bit of a nasty side to him. You mentioned you know, Mario Puskrich who came in quite late there, a name that's probably well known to any Jazz fans. Went to the friendship for he's got a real potential there. Yeah, no, absolutely. When I was doing my research, and you know, one of the first pieces of the highlights I found was from the Friendship Fourth Tournament. Um, I thought, oh, I, I actually didn't realise that he he played. Yeah, captain of Vermont at that time, I think. Yeah, and as probably you know yourself, I'm mean, a real stellar NCAA career. You know, his his, his numbers are off the chart, um, and then he took the professional step. And I, I believe he had a, a couple of setbacks through injury and whatnot, playing over in Croatia as well. Probably not easy. I know he's a, uh, a Croatian national. I think it is. Um, but uh, say a Canadian guy, uh, sorry, U.S. guy born and bred. Um, but uh, if we can, if we can get just you know a glimpse of the player that we've seen for NCAA and Vermont, then uh, we've made a real good signing. What about your? What about the you know the bread the bread aspect of it? You know, likes of Adam Barnes and there. I see Zach Sullivan coming in there as well. You know, 
the thing about you know, the storm over the years, and they've been back in the league. There's always been that that rich vein of of British players playing through it. We'll come to we'll come to Kieran Long in a, in a few minutes, but <laughs> the, the the guys that you do have this season, how they're looking? Um, yeah, I think that's always a difficult thing for a, a side that perhaps doesn't have the resources when the recruitment is, is trying to get all those Brits. And we've, we've usually got to go and, and take a plunge into the, the guys that perhaps are not on the radar. So this year we've signed uh, Finley Ulrich um, and Jacob, Jacob Lutwich uh, to supplement alongside, as you say, Barmer and Sullivan. And, you know, look, at, I mean, it's very early days. These guys, you know, they're, they're 17, 18, so you can't ask too much from them. But uh, they're very, very keen. They're enthusiastic. And what I have seen them on the they are very talented as well so you know it's something to build for for the next maybe four or five years in the future and, and try and hold on to these guys as the club grows well as I say you know Sunday the Belfast Giants come into town to start their uh, their domestic elite league season um, and it is the return of Kieran Long how much of a blow was that to your team for and what, what sort of player do you think we're gaining uh, that's the, you know, we, you can't sugarcoat it from our point of view. It was a big loss. You know, we tried everything that we could do to to keep hold of him, um, and it was a bit of a wrench for him as well. I think as well because he he you know he owed a lot to to the club and to Ryan Finnerty and all of his productions of his own back. But you know, Storm gave him his chance, um, and you know he was very settled there. A uh, great guy on and off the ice. Um, and, you know, hugely underrated as well. I mean, you guys have got an absolute diamond there. The, the game is on Sunday afternoon. It's a, it's a great start for the Belfast Giants to, to reignite a bit of a rivalry that took place somewhat over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it's always fun. I mean, I, I could tell that we were coming up to play you because I've seen uh, David chirp in the Manchester Storm Sports Store. Um, <laughs> I knew it was coming up soon that you guys would be uh, starting my phone and start buzzing or whatever. But uh, it is. It's always a good fun. It's a good rivalry. There's nothing malicious behind it. And, uh, you know, we enjoy playing you guys. We, 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 you know, we usually do all right. It does come, though, unfortunately, after the sad news of the of the loss of uh, of Vicky Thomas, obviously Mark, former Sheffield Steelers player, but but both of them you know key parts of the Storm setup and and such sad news. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's everybody sideways to be honest. Um, as you say, Mark is a a local lad um, involved with the Storm, involved with the Manchester Storm juniors. Um, and everybody's just absolutely devastated at the news. And I'm, I'm positive. I know that some things have started being put into motion to to mark that both on Saturday as, we, as the Storm visits uh, Sheffield, but also on the game on Sunday when uh, the Belfast Giants are in town. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Vicky's memory will not just be remembered on Sunday, but uh, throughout the years and as the, as the club goes on. Thanks again to Steve. Um <clears throat> I'll, I'll start with David McJimsey because he hates this part of the show. <laughs> two, two, uh, two games, two different competitions, starting our defence in, in both the Cup and the League. But one of the things that probably is in the Belfast Giants' favour going into this home game against the Clan, Davy, is the fact that we've already been in the CHL and we've had quite a bit of pre-season leading up to it. So feasibly, you, you should be suggesting that we'll be hitting the ground running. I've said all along the CHL is uh, is great, great to be in, but it's at, at the level we're shooting at at the minute. It's 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 extended preseason, um, so yes, I'm expecting us to. Um, that's what's that's two, four, six, eight games now we've had, all pretty high intensity. So I expect us to hit that 
hit the ground running, as you say, Paddy, and I'm hoping for, for good things this weekend. Simon, I That's assume you're big. Huh? It's all you're getting. I don't like as part of the show. <laughs> I know you don't. That's why I came to you first. Uh, Simon, you'll be, you'll be behind the mic, no doubt, for that game against the clan. Um, the clan have had their struggles. They've a few changes, not, not least in, in coaching. Um, actually, Pete Russell was at the game in Augsburg uh, the weekend. Of course, he moved before the uh, in the off-season to take on uh, the, the, the role in Germany at Freiburg. Um, and now Zach Fitzgerald's in charge and he's not having the best of times to start with. I, I, I can change at any time, Paddy. Yep. Um, you know, they, they picked up a win at the weekend, yep. um, you know, after a, a difficult start against Dundee the week before. And, uh, you know, as I say, they, they you know, Adam will certainly not be taking them lightly and under any circumstances. So he'll, he'll hopefully be preparing everything and all the guys for this weekend. You know, it's, um, it's been a good pre-season for us. Um, the CHL games is, you know, have certainly helped with the pace. And uh, I think you know the Saturday game uh, will be, you know, it'll be a big game. I know they're, they're, they're in expect a big crowd for the first uh, domestic game of the season. It's a trophy that we want to retain. You've won it the last two years, and and uh, you know I know Adam and, and the boys will want to get that back again this year. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I think that uh, you know. Shane Owen, as, as, as I say, played a great game there again at the weekend. Uh, defensively, uh, Matt Pellich will be back. Um, you know, Forsberg, uh, you have to wait and see what's happening with, with him. I think he's going to try and skate this week from what Pop's saying there. So, you know, hopefully we'll get uh, everybody ready to go. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got that position where we have to leave one import out. Um, you know, and, you know, we, we, we talked about you know, actually, do you know what? We, we we talked about all CHL games, and um, we haven't actually mentioned about young Liam Morgan, um, top point scorer jersey, picked up another helper. A, a player who we questioned uh, his, we did we we, we questioned his signing and uh, and the and the yeah. risk level of risk, and he's come in and, and done phenomenally. Absolutely, and you know, the kids uh, say he'll be looking to play uh, well this weekend. And if everybody's fit, you know, who who do you leave out? Um, that's what Adam gets paid for. That's what he. You know that's what he, he gets. He's, he's in the position to make those decisions. So hopefully we do have that that ready, and we do um, have everybody fit. Because at the end of the day, as I say, if everybody's fit, then everybody will be trying their heart, their utmost to try and make sure they're playing in that uh, uh, game at the SSC Arena on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, getting back behind the mic on John's TV, and and uh, hopefully pick up a win against the clan. The last time Taff, we were in the in the Drizzle Dome to take on the Storm. Um, wasn't the happiest of times, and it ended up being a lot happier the the following weekend. But the the storm of a, a much changed personnel, and then you know shouldn't be taken lightly. Oh no, no, um, we went there, and they 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 took it to us, and uh, they beat us, and we thought we were done after that. You know, we didn't really didn't expect to to win the league after that loss. But uh, Adam got the teams up, and he said, "Guys, you got to win tonight." The last game for Cardiff, and uh, he got him up, got him up, and uh, I think it was against Dundee, I think it was. Yeah. And he said, "Guys, just got to go out there and win tonight. Put the pressure on them, and and that's what we did." But uh, you know, a lot of personnel change in uh, Manchester this year, so we don't. You know, they've had some good results at the start, so we don't really know what to expect when we go there. So, and it will be an emotional night as well. You know, we had Mark Thomas, his wife there as well. You know, and they'll probably want to win for him as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. With those games, as I said, 7 p.m. on Saturday at home to the clan at the SSC Arena. Get yourself down there. The first game of domestic competition for the Belfast Giants. Uh, and if you can't get down there, Belfast Giants TV, you can join this. And the way to the Storm Sunday half five in Aldrigan. And no doubt that will also be on Storm TV. Any other business, boys? Nope. No. Silence. Nothing. I suppose we did it at the start of the show, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? Are you getting any time off, uh, Taff, your last couple of days off, or are you just you know, never stop? <laughs> <laughs> what's it? What's it? Day off. <laughs> it's a day off, mate. Yeah. Jeez. Day off today, and I was in. I was in today. Hey, I mean, see if, you, see if you go through his schedule from the end of the season last year. Wasn't your end of the season last year? You were home in Monday. You were away on the Tuesday. Back to Coventry. Six weeks. Six weeks in Coventry. Um, World Championships. Back for three days, was it? And then you were away. Way to Bratislava. No, yeah, no. I went to Alicante for three day holiday. Okay. Uh, went to Bratislava for a week. Came back for three days. Went to Finland for ten days, and then straight back into it. So. Non-stop, eh? your machine. Non-stop. The machine. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up there. But you'll have to come and join us again, mate, because we haven't even touched on the World Championships and that experience. Oh, so you'll yeah, have to come back on and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, um, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. The, uh, we're sitting, we're actually sitting watching, where we're sitting watching their, doing the podcast, we're sitting watching their, of Game 6 of the Stanley Cup of uh, <laughs> Washington versus uh, Las Vegas and his mate's playing. I was just going to. I was just going to say. Just going to say to um, Simon there. I turned up at the ring today, um, and there's a package from me, Jason Tavellery. I'm thinking, what is that? And I'm like, what's inside it? Nothing. And we're just watching this game on the TV. My friend in Belgium collects ice hockey gloves, you know, with the players' names or yeah. logos and stuff. And is. And on the screen right now, in the package was um, Oshie's gloves from the. Standing Cup final. Very nice nope. indeed. Yep, got them sent to me today. Do you know where they're from? For a note in there, there's, there's a pair for your collection. What the hell sending me these? I've no clue. Wow. No clue. <laughs> really? You've no idea? Yeah. No clue where it is. I kind of writing is so so bad on it. I'm thinking, I have no clue sent me these gloves. Maybe they just send them for me. Yeah, but it says, it does say my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. Well, that's it. Well, Smith, really appreciate you joining us. Big thanks to Shane Owen, Craig Simpson for the interviews with with the Morrisons, whatever the um, to Steve Packer, Gareth Chalmers, Mister Kitchen, and Mister Majimsey. Thanks as always. Cheers, boys. Night night. And uh, like I say, the two games this weekend at home to the clan Saturday at seven PM and away to the Storm Sunday, five thirty PM. You get them on Belfast Jazz T V and Storm TV, respectively, if you're not heading down to the rink. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. <laughs> <laughs>